Welcome, you're now listening to episode 102 from The Shed End. Theo, how are you doing? Not bad. It's gotten a lot colder um, this, this week in London, so really feeling it today. I really want to get out of bed this morning, one of those kind of cold autumn days. Um, but weekend was good. Spent most of the time recovering from a work trip in Newcastle last week. Um, so a lot of sleep, a lot of rest, and a lot of kind of watching uh, football that wasn't um, Chelsea-related. Actually, live sports, in fact was watching the rugby, which was actually really entertaining. Um, not really into mm. rugby, but really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, very chilled weekend. Um, and looking forward to next weekend's action when Chelsea are back at us in, um, in the Premier League against Arsenal. How was your weekend? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Same as you. Um, Non-Chelsea related. So, well, I say that, but I did watch Chelsea women 2-0 uh, win on Friday. Watched the, the Merseyside derby for the women's last night as well. So it was a bit of sort of football, I suppose. Um, internationals in, in between a couple of games. I've noticed, well, watched a couple of the games. But as I said to you before, pumpkin picking was the, the <laughs> highlight of my weekend in the freezing cold, mud everywhere. I had to go and wash my car afterwards because it was just, it looked like I'd been like rally driving somewhere. So it's uh, so yeah, that was the highlight of my, my weekend. But apart from that, it's been good. It's been good. Um, good to record as always. So if you're new to the channel, um, please go and subscribe. I noticed a couple of more subscribers are creeping up. I think we won away from 400. So if you're that person, please watch the video and then smash the subscribe button so we can get to 400 as well. Um, and also make sure you hit the link tree link in the description as well. That takes you to all our episodes that we previously recorded and all our social accounts as well. So make sure you hit those up. Now, we can't really start this episode without talking about arguably one of the greatest Chelsea players of our time anyway. Um, Aidan Hazard who announced last week that he was going to officially retire from football age 32 which I feel is no age in football but right time for you do you reckon I mean you know there was always talk that potentially he could come back for one last dance at Chelsea but it looks like the right decision I think based on you know the lack of football he's probably played in the last couple of months as well yeah, I mean, firstly, from my perspective, it's probably one, it's sad because for me, he was probably the most technically gifted footballer that I've ever watched at Stamford Bridge. Um, I kind of started going kind of after the Gianfranco Zola era, but he literally was a magician on the pitch. Mm. The things he'd do with the ball, it was almost as if he had it kind of tied with a, with a string to his feet, how he kind of would drive the ball up the pitch. And I was actually listening to the Rest is Football podcast with Gary Lineker, Mika Richards and Alan Shearer last night, and they had Thierry Henry as a guest on it. And Henri actually said the closest player that he's seen play in the Premier League that reminded him of a Lionel Messi was Eden Hazard. Um, so yeah, he got kind of praises from some of the best players in the world. In terms of the timing, I think given how things planned out at Madrid, his injury record, I think it maybe made sense. He retired from mm. the Belgium national team, I think, earlier in the summer. And it looks like the kind of options he had on his cards were, were very limited. I think it was just MLS and maybe Saudi Arabia there were no kind of options in in um, in Europe. I think maybe just one from maybe a lower league Belgium team. But um, but I think maybe as well, I mean, obviously I don't know how Eden Hazard felt about everything, but maybe he may have just lost a bit of interest in football. Maybe he let his body go a bit, like we saw in those, um, the, the three or four seasons he was at Madrid for. So maybe it's just his commitment and discipline to the to football just wasn't there anymore. And I think he's a footballer that stayed very quiet and he kept his private life um, kind of very quiet off the pitch. And I think now he just wants to focus on, you know, being a family, being with his family. I think he's got three, three children, maybe four. Um, and it looks like he seems to be spending a lot more time now in London. So maybe that's where he wants his hubs to be. 
I think he was at the, I think it might have been the Chelsea-Liverpool game, the first game of the season, or the Chelsea Forest one, but he was at Stamford Bridge for a game earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, just from kind of a Chelsea fan perspective, probably one of the best players I've ever seen play uh, football live at Stamford Bridge or in the Chelsea shirts. And um, I think we'll, for a very long time, we'll keep watching those kind of um, compilation videos of um, some of his best highlights. There's goals against West Ham, the goal against Tottenham that saw Leicester win the league, the goal against um, against Arsenal where he spanned Cockland like a yo-yo Beyblade or whatever you call them. He was absolutely fantastic to watch and joy to watch. And um, I think um, definitely a player that will go down as a Chelsea legend for many years to come. Yeah, he's definitely up there, hundred um, percent. I mean, he won. He won pretty much majority of things. I think he could. He could was available for him to win. Um, just looking at his Chelsea stats here, so three hundred and fifty-two games, one hundred and ten goals, um, ninety-two assists. Um, you know, Champions League, he won that uh, with Real Madrid. So I mean, he's obviously you know he's won more than that. He won the Premier League. He's won you know the the. Um, FA Cup, League Cup, League Cups. He's won it all. He won pretty much everything he could do uh, in terms of uh, honours as a player. Um, I just, I mean, I I agree with you. It's sad because I think at 32, you know, he's still got a role to play in football. You know, you're you're seeing obviously Thiago Silva at 39. You're seeing, you know, other players, you know, beyond 32 still playing at a top level. And I just feel that Part of me feels, and I'll never forget, I think it was John Terry, I think Joe Cole said the same, Frank Lampard, that, you know, Aiden Hazard was one of these players that didn't necessarily feel that they needed to train yeah. as well as they potentially should have. And I think when you train, when you keep your body in good good shape, um, you know, dietitian, nutrition, whatever, you know, you can probably get an extra three or four years out of your body. Um, and I just think he probably didn't look after him. I'm... I'm I'm talking like I've got him on speed dial, but he's just someone that I think possibly didn't look after himself very well. Um, and I also think, you know, that Real Madrid move possibly was the worst move looking back that he could have probably taken. Now, I know you can't really say no to, to Real Madrid, whoever you are. You know, if Real Madrid come knocking, especially at that time as well, you know, the money they were offering him, the money they were offering Chelsea as well was, you know, 100 million at that point was still quite a lot of money. You know, we're talking about this is before the Saudi clubs were around and, you know, not many players were going for 100 million at, at that point. So, you know, 400 grand a week, you know, it's a lot of money um, for, for one player to turn down. Looking back, I think, you know, maybe he should have stayed at Chelsea. He could have stayed, he could have gone on. And you just called him a legend. I, I still think he, I mean, he is a legend, but I just think he could have cemented himself as a, as a real, you know, real Chelsea legend if he just stayed at the club and maybe got, you know, gone on to do things, you know, better things. He could still be there now. I think he'd still be playing, you know, playing a role for us at the club. So, um, I mean, you mentioned some good goals there. There was a, there was another goal at Everton that he scored. Um, I think it was Pedro that he sort of plays a one-two with Pedro. Um, but it's just the way he takes on the defenders and he puts the ball past um I'm trying to think who the goalkeeper was then. Stecklenburg, I think it was, wasn't it? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. I was trying to think who it was, but yeah, I think it was Stecklenburg. Um a couple against Stoke, I think. A couple against Hull, I think he scored some yeah, games against I, those as well. I think there was there was an away performance at the Stadium of Light. I remember where he scored two um, mm. against Sunderland, and he really cemented himself in that in that game as all right. This guy is the you know a, a player that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, I think that was Mourinho's first season. Um, and I actually rewatched um, a video yesterday. I think the Chelsea YouTube channel posted it where he actually scored that goal against Crystal Palace to win us the league. 
uh, Mourinho's second um, second season in his second spell, missed the first, missed the penalty, but then gets the rebound. Um, and he was just so pivotal to kind of our kind of our two title um, winning campaigns in 2015 and then 2017. Um, but yes, you could literally, you could, but there's so many goals he scored there. Like you said, the goal against Stoke from long range, I think it was Begovic in goal. Um, even in the Champions League, there was one against, um, I think it was Maribor, where he kind of like cuts and turns a few times and then eventually places it perfectly. Um, away performance against Schalke, where he was sublime as well. So there's a lot of games you could just kind of pick out. It's hard to kind of, um, I feel like we could, we're just scratching the surface here on the type of, you know, type of player he was. Um, so we could do almost a separate episode on just Eden Hazard and kind of the memories we have of him. Um, but like you said, I think definitely a player that maybe had he been at the right kind of club, the right setting, um, he could have maybe had a couple more years left in him. But I think maybe um, having had his contract terminated at Madrid, given his kind of really large wages and maybe the kind of, um, be it retired from international football and no kind of club options on the cards for him. He just felt like maybe the time was right. Um, but I still think maybe he's still going to kind of be around football, whether that being kind of punditry, uh, maybe kind of at a youth level coaching players and someone that you'd love to have around um, Cobham training grounds just to maybe share some insight and knowledge with the young players. I mean, being coached by an Eden Hazard would be amazing. Um, he do also do wonder if he's going to go down that Wesley Schneider route and put on a lot of weight now. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen pictures of what Schneider looks like, but I do yeah. kind of hope he does stay relatively in shape um, so we can just see that's the same hazard that we remember from his his prime and his Chelsea days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's, I mean, to, to retire, I mean, that can't have been an easy, easy decision for him to do, you know, so I think if he, you know, he's, he's like someone who loves football. You know, it's all he probably knows. Um, and I, I think he's still got a lot to offer. Like you said, you know, a coaching level, a, a commentary level, um, you know, an ambassador, whatever you want to call it, some form of role in football. Um, so it'd be interested to see what his next steps are. Maybe management, who knows? He could go on. I mean, who knows? He could go on to be a coach then become a manager. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But we wanted to um, discuss our loan, our loan players. Mm. And when we say loan players, we don't mean the time. we. I think we had about 35 players out on loan one season. I don't mean the players that we sent out. The players who've played for the club, played for the badge, played for Blues, played, played for Chelsea um, on loan, who've come in from other clubs and represented the club. So um, we picked out a few. I think there might be a couple more maybe we've missed out, but I don't think I don't think there is actually. I was, I was trying to think this morning. Um, we don't tend to loan players in. We love to offload our players, um, which is interesting. So we've we've cobbled together, uh, I think it's nine, nine loanies that we've gotten um, with an asterisk next to Kovacic, to be fair. But he did come in originally um, as a loanee. So um, let's, let's, get the, let's get them up. Obviously, if you're listening to the, um, the audio version of this, you'll probably need to head over to um, our YouTube channel. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll try and be as descriptive as possible, but... Yeah, make sure you go and subscribe. Go go subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're there. Um, let's start with Mateo Kovacic first, actually, because um, a player that obviously has come in, done a job for us, has moved on now. But what's your thoughts on, on, on Kovacic? Yeah, so just to give a context for those watching on Spotify, we've got kind of a chart here or a tier list with um, five categories ranging from flop to poor to okay to good. And then there's that kind of superstar uh, tier at the very top which um, I think given the kind of how some of our loans are planned out not a lot of them will be making that category I believe and we're going to try to rank all these loan, these players that we've loaned in into those um, five categories and the first one is Kovacic 
And I think it's probably going to be you know, most successful loan. I think it's the only loan that we made permanent after his um, six, um, it was a season spell in 2018, 2019. I think um, his first season was a bit underwhelming, if I'm completely honest. There were still question marks over some of his performances. I think there was that kind of infamous Kovacic, Barkley substitution where we didn't really know when, what kind of what to do in our game. And that was kind of Sari's game plan. Um, but uh, like I said, um, we made it permanent. I think maybe we had the transfer ban at the time. So I think it made sense for us to make it permanent. We wanted more players, um, kind of incomings alongside uh, Christian Pulisic. And I think there was some kind of clause where we could bring in a player permanently, given if he if he was on loan. Um, but let's be honest, he won us a Europa League. He won us a Champions League. He won us the Club World Cup, the um, Super Cup as well. Um, he got some big finals and at times he just was amazing, you know, midfield alongside Kante, alongside a Jorginho. Uh, he was pivotal um, in our Champions League run. I think even to two seasons ago, that goal he scored against Liverpool on the volley, I think one of the best goals I've ever seen at Stamford Bridge. Um, so I think given the kind of other names that are alongside Kovacic, we've got to put Kovacic in superstar, in my opinion. I think kind of given the kind of how this tier list is going to work and how some of the other names on this in this list are very, very underwhelming, I think Kovacic has to be a superstar and it's the only one that we made permanent. I'm not sure if you'd, you'd agree or... I, no, I do. I do. I think yeah. he's he's definitely above good. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if there was an in-between a good and a superstar, I'd throw him in there. And I think superstar... For sure, because I think he, like you said, you know, he was he was uh, crucial in certain parts of our seasons. We went on to win trophies, um, and I've always been a big believer that Kovacic was is, uh, is still a good player. But for us, you know, was one of those players that we needed. Had the engine in him, you know, didn't start running. Was always constantly trying to make something happen going forward. Didn't score many goals, but I think he made up for it for his creative play or you know for his breaking up of play. You know, the opposite end as well. He's just for me, he's just a, a really unique player. Um, and when we signed him as well, I wasn't hugely a big fan, you know, favorite of him. I didn't know much about him. So when when he came to the club, um, I didn't know what to expect, which I, I I enjoyed that. You know, he didn't come with any pressure, in my opinion. He didn't come with any like added pressure from as you see players today. You know, they haven't kicked a ball for us, but we're expecting you know Lavia to to win us the Champions League. So I think for me, Kovacic was one of those players that we just we got the best years I'd say out of, um, you know, he obviously had a really good time at Real Madrid, but I feel when we, we got him on loan, we made it permanent. Like you said, um, yeah, we got, we got some good times. It's, it's a shame how it ended with Kovacic, you know, obviously the, the injuries and um, obviously wanting a new challenge going to City, but let's throw him in superstar. I agree with you. Um, he might be the only one up there. He might be up there on his own. I think, I think he will be the only one up there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's go to our next one. We've got, um, now for anyone again who's listening or watching this, uh, I blame Theo for this one, but we've only got half a face. So I'm going to let you, um, you, know, you can do all of them, but I'll let you especially do this one with half the face. Um, yeah. Some of you might not, may not know who he is or remember him, but Theo will enlighten you right now. Oh, I've got his Wikipedia page opened up here just to give a bit of context, but this is Manish, who was, I think, a Portuguese uh, international. And he was loaned in in 2006, I believe maybe in January. So he was brought in on loan from Dinamo, Moscow. And he only made eight appearances for the club. Um, so he could have been that successful. I personally don't remember much of this guy. Um, he must have been a bit of a bench warmer. And like I said in our previous episode, I think 
especially a club like Chelsea, we want to kind of develop our kind of current players. Then when we do bring players on loan, maybe we're slightly reluctant to to play them or give them consistent game time if they're not going to be like a superstar player or a player that we believe we're going to sign permanently come the end of the season. Um, so yeah, if you could only make eight appearances, um, you can't have been that, that successful. However, 2006, I believe that was when we won the Premier League. Um, so he would have yeah. like he would have left Chelsea with a Premier League medal at least, having made eight appearances. So that makes me want to not put him in flop, but maybe poor potentially. But I think if there was a kind of in between flop and poor, I'd put him there. But given that he left Chelsea with some silverware, I, I want to put him in poor. Man, I'm so I'm, I'm sort of tied on this one, um, and I hate the fact he's got a Premier League medal. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Um, just looking at the team that he was uh, in and around at that time. So obviously Carvalho was there, Carlton Cole, Joe Cole, uh, Hernan Crespo, Kudachidi, Delahorno, uh, Lasayana Lassa, Deara, uh, Drogba, Duff, Essien, Ferreira, Galas, uh, Jeremy, Good Johnson, uh, Glenn Johnson, Lampard, Makaleli. So, you know, Iron Robin, John Terry, Sean Wright Phillips. So he was amongst good players, which is probably why he only made, um, I think it was eight appearances in the league. I think he made a couple in the FA Cup or maybe one in the FA Cup as well. Um, it's tough. And to be honest, I, I do remember him, but I don't remember him, if that makes sense. <laughs> I remember him being at the club. I don't remember him impacting anything in a game or, you know, anything like that. So let's put him in poor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... He's got half a face, so I feel... I do I do feel sorry for him. But, um, yeah, next one. I mean, I, I'm, this one's going to be really, really interesting. Gonzalo Higain. What's your thoughts on Higain as a as a as a Chelsea player? I mean, he again difficult one, but what's your thoughts? I think it's one of that player very similar to two other players that are on this um, kind of this this loan chart or tier list, um, Falcao and Pato, which we're going to review after. But almost a player I feel that came to Chelsea a bit too late. Yeah, you know how we've been saying this was 2010, 2011. It'd be a player that I think could have got us 25 goals a season. But he almost came um, after an unsuccessful six months at AC Milan um, after being a superstar in Napoli under under Maurizio Sarri. And I think he still had that very good relationship with Sarri. Um, and Morata had just left in January 2019. Uh, he'd gone on loan to Atletico Madrid, which had just left us with Olivier Giroud as our striker. Um, I think was at a lot of times we were playing Eden Hazard as a, as a false nine. So we kind of wanted another name to bring in. So we got Gonzalo Higuain. Um, a player that at times scored some relatively important goals. I think he scored a, a big one at Craven Cottage in a 2-1 yeah. win. He scored, a, I think, in a, a, a draw against Burnley um, against a really good goal or even two goals against Huddersfield in a 5-0 win. Um, but other than that, never really kind of did much, I feel. Um, when we brought him in, I think we were expecting him to kind of, you know, hit the ground running, get us at least 10, 10 15 goals in that those six months he'd be at Chelsea. But at the top of my head, I can only think of maybe five goals he scored. I don't think he scored a single goal in the Europa League. Um, I think it was mainly Giroud kind of playing all that that time. Um, so yeah, a player that never we looked like we would get permanently. And I think a player that never really also maybe connected with the fans. I'm just remembering that one moment where he scored and I think he ran towards the fan. And I'm not going to be too descriptive, but his face ended somewhere quite... Um, I'm sure you're smiling. I think you remember what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah. But other than that, I just feel like, yeah, he never really looked like he, he was settled at Chelsea. Um, and then I think he went back to Juventus. Yeah. 
it was in Napoli was Juventus, wasn't it? He was out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think he played a season there before going to into Miami. And I think he only retired a few a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm t- I don't know where to put him. I think again, a player that's tricky because he left with a Europa League medal, and he kind of got us to a top three finish, but not the player that kind of hit the the ground ru- ground running or kind of exceeded expectations. So I kind of tempted to put him in poor but also maybe the Europa League and kind of some of those goals he scored potentially in OK. Um, I want to put him in OK, given how bad some of the other options are on this on this ranking system. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't had a coffee this morning or this <laughs> afternoon. What time is it? This afternoon. So I'm feeling a bit like he should be thrown. I mean, I think we paid £7 million for the loan. And that's almost a million pound a goal retrospectively I think it's yeah I think he scored about five goals I think so yeah hmm personally if it was me I'd put him in the flop um mm. I, I don't think he did enough I think he came with like you said the high expectation coming from Juve um and I do agree with you you know he came probably at the wrong time in his career he didn't like you said didn't connect with the fans I think he was only he was only there for six months wasn't he I think he wasn't he wasn't there for that long no, um, joined in January, left in the left summer. Left in the summer, yeah. Uh, well, let's put him in the poor for that, on that basis. Let's put him in the poor. It's hard to judge someone on six months. But for seven million euros and the return in the goals, I would, if he was here for a whole summer, I think he'd be a flop, if I'm honest. But Gonzalo's made the poor list. He's next to half a face. Um... <laughs> Next one. Now, the next one is quite interesting. Saul Niguez. Um, I'll be honest, I felt sorry for Saul Niguez when we signed him. I really do. I, I still do. And I think he was one of those players that, again, very much a panic for us, I think, at the time when we signed him. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he was having trouble with Simeone at Atletico at the time. He was being played out of position. I think he was playing left back at some majority of the time for Atletico at the time. And we obviously needed midfield. If you remember, our, our midfield was ruined at that point. We'd lost so many players to injury that season. But when he came in, I did feel sorry for him. Um, he didn't really get the run of games I think that he needed. Um, but he slowly grew into the life at Chelsea. And I think he won fans over as well. If you remember, a lot of fans were very critical um, of Sal Niguez when we signed him but I think as time went on he, sh- he slowly showed what he could do and the sort of player that we, we were hoped he was going to be he just came at the wrong time it came too late into his loan deal and before we knew he was he was leaving he, you know he wasn't going to be um, kept on at the club so what's your thoughts on Sal Niguez do you think it's uh, another one where we possibly didn't get to see the true Sal Niguez uh, for a full season yeah, I, I like you to kind of echo what you said. I kind of felt sorry for him during his time at Chelsea. I'm remembering his his um, debut against Aston Villa in the in the league. I think he was he was hooked off at half time. Yeah. Um, so when he got 45 minutes, and then he kind of found it hard to break into the team again. I think he played the League Cup games against Villa in October, but he really struggled to feature consistently in the league. Um, but like you said, he kind of slowly got a, won the fans back. And it was a very tricky season. It was COVID hit. We had so many injuries. I'm remembering him. He filled in at um, left wing back a few times. So he was played out yeah. of position. Um, but a player that always kind of 
did what he was asked to do. And um, he scored a great goal against Luton and um, a way to Luton in the FA Cup. And also a player like, you still look at his social media activity now, he still comments on Chelsea's Instagram posts, he still interacts with the fans. So it seems like he really enjoyed his time at Chelsea and Chelsea's now is kind of his Premier League team. And we seem to have a really good kind of connection with Atletico Madrid when it comes to transfers, kind of take, um, selling players to Atletico, learning players from Atletico. Uh, I could think of so many deals that we've done with them, the Maratas, the even Hasselbank at one point, he, he left Chelsea to go to the Atletico, Shao Felix. Um, there's a fair few. Um, but yeah, a player that um, it was a tricky season. Um, but again, he still left with the Club World Cup, the, um, the Super Cup. I think he might have joined after the Super Cup, actually. Um, and he helped us get top four in as well. Um, so I'm going to, I think I want to put him in okay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because a lot of these players, they've left Chelsea and you almost just want to forget about them completely. But Sal Niguez is another player that I kind of want to completely forget about him. And if you look at how he's performing now, he's he's starting every game for Atletico. He put in some brilliant assists um, for, um, I think it was Morata and Griezmann in their um, win over Real Madrid. So it's almost yeah. that, that loan to Chelsea almost helped his career and kind of got him back into the, the Atletico fold. So I'm tempted to put him in okay. Mm, I might have to disagree <laughs> with you on this one. Only for, and not for his, I think this is more based on the fact he didn't play. I'm just looking at his stats here and the matter, I mean, it, he, I mean, he just didn't play enough games. He didn't play any games really, did he? He came on subs. Um, he just didn't play enough games. He was on the bench for pretty much 80% of his games at the club. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Um I like your case. I do. I think it's a good point. You know, and I think back to that Club World Cup as well. I think he played left mid. He was left. He was on the left side. He came on, I think, at some point in the final. I don't think he played in the uh, the game beforehand, but he definitely played in the final. Ah, right. Let's put him in the... Let's put him in okay. Let's put him in the okay. Let's put him in the okay. I think it's harsh on him because, I, like I said at the very start, I think he didn't get enough game time, but... I doubt it, he doesn't feel right him sitting in the okay um, above Higayin, who I felt probably had a bit more of an impact on our our club. I just feel that Higayin's probably done more for us than Sal Niguez. And to have Higayin as poor and Sal Niguez above him doesn't sit right with me. But this is what debates are all about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're watching, let us know where you you think these players yeah, should kind of be ranked, because um, yeah. I think it's very it's it's, a, it's almost a, depending on your opinion or your kind of your experience, kind of watching that Chelsea player. And you made a great point: the impact they have as well on performances and results. Um, but yeah, I think these Higuain and Sanchez are two tricky ones, very very mm. tricky ones. I even think the next one's really tricky. Um, Falcao give me your thoughts um, another player that came with massive um, expectations but just didn't live up to them yeah before I do Falcao I want to picture this it's 2010 2011 and I tell you that Alexander Pato Radamel Falcao and Gonzalo Higuain would all play for Chelsea and all would probably be flops 
<laughs> and now now we're about to rank them in probably like a flop or poor kind of category. Um, but yeah, Falcao, a player that, um, if you remember his season before he came to Chelsea, he was on loan at um, Manchester United from Monaco and he was very, very poor there. He was poor and he was, I think, struggled with um, fitness. He never really kind of um, settled in when he was at Manchester under that Van Gaal season. So I think he did come to Chelsea with quite low expectations. He wasn't the same Falcao that was scoring for fun at Atletico Madrid and at Porto. Um, so I kind of a player that I thought when he'd come, he'd kind of be rotated with um, who uh, with Diego Costa. I think our other striker at the time was Loic Remy. So the three of them would kind of rotate. Um, that being said, he first game, I think Crystal Palace, he scored um, he scored a header. And I thought, OK, this guy's maybe going to have a part to play this season. And then I think he never really kind of kicked the ball properly since then. He never he never scored again since, uh, since then. I think he played against Warsaw in the League Cup afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um if I'm completely honest, I don't even think he featured once um, after the new year, I believe. Um, so I'm really tempted to put him in a flop. Um, yeah, well, I'd have to agree. I think low expectations given his really poor season at United, but still he didn't do, he had no impact on any Chelsea performances. And that was the season we finished, I think, 10th. Um, we had Mourinho sacked in December. We had Gus Hiddink come in. Um, so I do feel sorry for him. It was a season that was very hard to have an impact on. But still, he was very, very kind of wasteful of his chances. And another player that you kind of almost have to pinch yourself to remember that he, he played for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he's, yeah, he scored, he had 10, 10 appearances um, and scored one goal. It's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> the less said, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, st- struggled, I think is probably the word. And I think that comes back to that sort of um, adapting to, a club like Chelsea, you know, we've seen players um, who who struggled as well with that coming to the to the, the team and just not being able to do well. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think he has to go in the flop category because it's just shocking. You know, I remember Falcao his Monaco days. You know, and I've you know he was he was brilliant for Monaco. Obviously, Monaco had the money at the time and they were buying everyone under under the the sun, but. Just yeah, come come to the the Premier League and didn't light it up. Didn't really show us anything. Um, and like you said, you know that United season, we kind of gave him a pass. You know, we kind of kind of gave him a whole clean slate to try and come, you know, back to in well, stay in the Premier League and still do well. And he just didn't have anything about him. So, Mister Falcao, you're the first flop of the uh, the tier tier listing. So. Um, I feel like the next one could actually go into this category, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinions. Um, Dennis Zachariah. Um, again, I think it was a deadline day signing, if I remember correctly. Very panic buy, or panic loan buy, I should say. Um, what's your thoughts? Because he's someone who, again, very much like Sal Niguez, I feel went on to sort of win some of the fans over with some of the performances, but... Just not enough game, not enough game times for me. I don't think. Yeah, I kind of agree. A uh, player that we can maybe panic a bit like San Miguel in the last year of the, the window. We wanted to bring in an extra body in the field. Um, learned in from Juventus, spent the season at Chelsea last season, which was again was a disastrous season. Very hard to have an impact on. Um, I think he scored on his debut against Dinamo Zagreb, um, similarly to Falcao as well in the Champions League, uh, quite late to make your debut in as well. November, I think that game yeah, was. Yeah. So it took him a very long time to kind of um, make his first appearance for Chelsea. 
but very kind of, I think he struggled with injuries. I think he got back into the team around January time. There was that kind of run of games against, I think, Fulham, City, and um, I think he got injured in one of those games um, and then really struggled to get back into the team after that. Um, and again, we just didn't make it permanent. We could have really used some some more bodies in midfield given that Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho had all left last season. But Zakaria, I think, given how you know he didn't really take his chance or it wasn't that impactful on games, we decided not to make it permanent. And even Juventus, when he went back to Juventus, they didn't want to keep him anymore. And I think he's on loan at Monaco now. I'm not even sure if he's getting much game time there. So um, I'd have to agree with you. I think another one I might have to join Farcao in the flop category. Yeah, it's a shame for him because I feel, um, like I said, you know, he didn't really get much game time. But I feel there were certain games where he did play. I think just looking at his stats now, I think he only started 11 or played 11 games, not started all of them, but he played 11 games um, for, for Chelsea. And like you said, he scored one goal. But to make your debut in November, bearing in mind we, you know, we'd signed him, you know, several, maybe six or seven weeks before that, you know, to only make your debut then. Um, if I recall, he got injured in a Champions League game as well, which saw him out for a long period of time to then come back into the team and still not really give anything. Um, yeah, he's a flop. I don't know why I'm even thinking about it. He's got to be the flop. And the fact that, you know, he's gone back to his parent club, his parent club don't want him, he's back out on loan again. It's, it's giving me back a Yoko vibes. So, uh, yeah, I remember final final day of the season, I was at a pub after he drew of Newcastle and he just walked past the pub in his Chelsea tracksuit. Yeah, I remember you saying. Got into his G-Wagon and drove off. And I just thought to myself, I'm never going to see this guy again at Chelsea Football <laughs> Club. He probably drove straight back to the airport. So. Yeah, literally. Probably had his bags packed in his G-Wagon. <laughs> um, send him back to Italy but yeah I mean he's, he's someone that I think was just never given the time but just, uh, in the same sentence he also didn't perform well enough when he was given the opportunities to play so he's he's got to go in that flop category for me unfortunately now the next one now this is where my eyesight and I need my glasses because I'm getting a bit tricky but it looks like Pato yeah I was trying my best to pick these pictures um, but some of these players didn't even play much there's not many pictures of them in the Chelsea <laughs> yeah. kit um, this is Alexander Pato Alexander um, Pato yep I think when we got him we loaned him in from I think it was Sao Paulo Corinthians at the time yep so it was past his kind of AC Milan prime peak so it wasn't the same Pato we got it was a Pato I think that only made two appearances against Aston Villa and Swansea um, again brought him in I think deadline day in January but only made his first appearance in April if I'm not mistaken yep. Um, so missed the whole of February and March with an injury. But again, a player that just did did F all really. Um, two appearances, one goal against Aston Villa, and that was this I think Aston Villa. Maybe yeah, four 0 It was. Um, yeah, was. It was a penalty. To be fair, it was a penalty. Good penalty, yeah, but was, yeah. um, that I was a relegation bound Aston Villa. So even I could have scored that penalty. I feel yeah, um, battered Villa that day. But yeah, I think Villa had checked out already. Exactly. I think Loftus yeah. Cheek got his first Chelsea goal that day. Um, but yeah, I think Pato's got to go to flop. It wasn't oh, the yeah, same Pato was... we saw at Easter Milan. It wasn't like Falcao wasn't the same Falcao. We got at Porto, Atletico. Um, just a player that we we tried to, we panicked, we picked up. We thought we could, he could get us the goals, but he just didn't. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say he's got... I'm not even going to try and give him a, an argument. He's a, he's a flop. The fact that we can't find a picture of him actually in a, in a Chelsea kit, we've got one of him in the stands. If anyone's, again, watching on uh, listening on the audio the one player that we can't find in the Chelsea kit, maybe we can, but we'd have to do some digging, is uh, Alexandro Pato. Um, had very much, you know, bags of talent when he was at AC Milan. You know, he was the next sort of wonder kid 
if you can call it that. But, you know, to to, to not even give us anything again, you know, one goal, a penalty. Um, and if I recall as well, we celebrated like we'd won the league just because he scored the goal. It was, it was mental. I remember, I think it must have been at Villa Park. I think it was at Villa Park. Um, but yeah, Pato. Um, oh, here we go. Now, now I definitely know he's checking. So this is a Quaresma. Ricardo Quaresma, um, who for me is a fantastic footballer or was a fantastic footballer. Um, yeah. You remembering, remembering his time with Portugal at the Euros mm. in 2016. I think he really hit his peak at um, Besiktas and Porto kind of around 2014, 2015. But at Chelsea, I can't really remember actually watching a game of him in a Chelsea shirt. So we loaned him in, I believe, in January 2009 from Inter Milan. And he only made four appearances for the club. Um, so I think this was the Scolari season, I believe. Yeah, um, was, so I think was. Scolari wanted to bring in all those Portuguese players, the likes of Deco, Basingua, I think he had Paulo Ferreira in the team. And I think he wanted to add in Quaresma, but it never really worked out. We never got to see him score, or kind of cross the ball with the outside of his boot. Like he's kind of, that's his trademark, trademark move. Um, so yeah, for me, that's another one that has to go down as a flop. I feel like putting him in a superstar because he got one assist for the club. <laughs> I have to agree. I think he's, um, and this is probably why we don't really get loanees in. We don't get loan players in because the majority of them end up being flops. Um, and they always tend to be players that are either past their peak or players that we just brought in because we need to make up the numbers. But I think for me, Charisma has to be a flop. Um, in fact, I'm going to put him in the first flop because... Yeah, four is it four games he played? I think you say four, I think four league appearances, yeah, four league appearances, one assist. Um, which I'm trying to understand when that assist actually was. I'm gonna have to go on YouTube and try and find that later on. But, um, last one, most recent, I think, or one of the most recent ones. Um, and I know you're a big fan favorite of him, which I am as well. And we were hoped to see him come back to the club in the summer. There was a lot of talk about maybe bringing him back. But Zhao Felix, um, a player that is currently at Barcelona doing really well. Really well. Um, I mean, there's two sides to this for me. The money that we brought in for the loan, bearing in mind we lost him for three games when he got sent off against Fulham. So I think he was suspended for the next three games. I think he was only here for, well, let's say, 12 games I think so he'd already lost three of those 12 or something like that but what he did give us was quality going forward and that was one of the things that we were lacking if you remember back to um, the lack of opportunities that were being created for our I'll say for our strikers but for the, the attackers um, Felix done that he he was someone that could just you know smallest space he'd make something happen so um, one I think we'll regret I do think we'll regret this and I, I, I want to know which part of, because I'm sure he's not, you're not going to put him as a flop or a poor, but which of the other three tiers will you uh, put Jao Felix in? It's a tricky one because I do think he's a superstar, but he wasn't really a superstar. And like you said, at, at Chelsea, he had an unfortunate star, the red card at Craven Cottage, missed the three games and it was such an expensive loan move. I think there's kind of, um, if you break it down per goal, we paid about like three or four million per the goal he scored at Chelsea Football Club. Um, but I'm just remembering that game at Old Trafford where we were being battered 4-0. Suddenly we bring Felix on and he almost got us a goal out of nothing. And that's the type of player he is. He can actually create something. He's got a bit of spark and energy. Um, and to be fair on him, he he actually did stand out sometimes on the pitch um, last season. 
I want to put him in good, but it's just so hard to given the kind of loan fee we paid and kind of didn't get the results on the pitch. Uh, so I was kind of going to have to be okay, but I wouldn't mind kind of breaking him into goods if we can. Mm. I think I, I think okay is a good. I feel like we need to put someone in good because no one's in there. But mm. I do think he's just okay, and that's more again not based on the player. It depends what we're basing this on. Are we basing it on just the player? If we are, he's definitely a good because I think when he yeah. came on, he was creating the chances. The financial elements of it and that those aspects for me would probably put him down as an okay because I think he. He didn't give us enough based on what we paid for him. But that's not yeah. the player's fault. That's the club's fault for the negotiations and whatever else. Um, I've yeah. watched a lot of good. YouTube videos and they've said similar things and they just straight away put him in a flop based on the financial side of it. But on the no. pitch, he was, a, he was a good player. He was yeah, a I mean, very good player. If we're basing it, I think we've done that. We've tried to do it for all of the, the um, players that we've got here. We're basing that on the fact that they are we're basing it on their playing ability, ability, not the fact that they were signed for, you know, X amount or we had to pay a fee for X amount or whatever. Uh, we're talking about goals. We're talking about changing moments in a game. We're talking about the assists. We're talking about um, being creative, you know, just trying to do something. So I think if we're basing it on that, um, I think that's probably about right, I think. Yeah, and I he's think. the only the only Chelsea player that convinced me to get his name on the back of my kit. Um, so he has to go and good. <laughs> yeah, could, could go and flop for that because we have we have to bloody keep him. But um, yeah, I mean that to me, I mean that's, that's a good assessment. I think for anyone that's not again not visually watching this, but we've put uh, Mateo Kovacic as a superstar um, in the the uh, five tiers. So we've got five tiers: a superstar, good, okay, poor, and flop. So Mateo Kovacic is a superstar. Uh, he's up there on his own. We've gone for Jao Felix as the only player that is been categorized as good as our loan our loans go um i'm gonna have to go back to my other screen uh we've got sal Niguez as okay which again i'm still i'm still tempted to put him as a as a poor um we've got manish i think um half a face as poor we've also got gonzalo higain as poor um you're going to have to help me with the, that first. first who's the first? Cool, cool Resma. That's Cool Resma. Yeah, not a great pick again. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's definitely got to be the first flop. And uh, we've gone for uh, Falcao, Dennis Zachariah, and Ex- Alexandra Pato as our flops alongside uh, Coresma as well. So I think, that's a, I think that's a fair assessment. I really do. It's a good um, assessment, but also quite telling of how poor uh all kind of low strategies yeah exactly yeah. um so chelsea football club if you're watching yeah maybe avoid learning in players um in the, in the future mm. and it's interesting because obviously the only one that's really gone on and still doing well the only two that are really going on in fact i'll put something against the next he's playing well he's playing well at the moment for atletico but obviously Kovacic being at man city and Jao felix being at barcelona tells you that the two loans that we did eventually end up putting a superstar on good the two that are still going on to do hopefully good things for other clubs mm. so it's an interesting point there now um i enjoyed that that was good it was a difference i didn't have to moan about chelsea this week but it was good um so i mean I, I was happy with that but um obviously we've got the competition still running this is what we're doing for uh achieving 100 episodes so last week uh there was a, a t-shirt that was available that was one um 
that is hopefully going to be on its way to the winner. Um, if not already, then it will be on the way very shortly. Um, but we've got another one for this week. This week's competition, or I should say last week's competition, was... Um, I forgot what it was. It was a desktop calendar. How did I forget that? Because I want one myself. Um, so it's 24 year so the next year's desktop calendars are all all our strikers from Chelsea so anyone that's interested in that if you work from home if you've got an office at home or you work in an office or anywhere just have to be an office um this could be the competition hopefully that you've entered into that you want to try and win so I'm just going to bring up the names of the entries um yeah, it's a great prize. And we had, I think, a fair few entries for this one. Um, so everybody who entered, um, good luck. And also, we, like I said, for the next one we'll be running, make sure you share it to your story because you get an extra entry, which will, um, gives you an extra chance of winning as well. Seems to have gone blank. <laughs> hmm. The problem of doing things live. Things live, okay. We might be having a bit of technical difficulties, folks. I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, let's try and go back and see if that works. Yeah, we might have to. Yeah, we might. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll carry on talking. We'll carry on talking about something. This is what you do when you do things live. We'll, 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 we'll talk about, just talk about Arsenal. Let's talk about Arsenal. How we, how we think we should play against Arsenal. It's a big game coming up, obviously. Um, you know, we, we need to keep that momentum. We spoke about it in the last episode around um, the um, international break and how that can impact us sometimes. And obviously we go back on this mad dip and, you know, we, we, we've seen that before. But do you think realistically we can go on to hopefully uh, beat Arsenal at the weekend? Yeah, realistically we can. I thought Arsenal was superb defensively against City. But I also think City were a bit, it kind of allowed them to play their football Arsenal and gave them almost a bit too much space at times. Um, I do think maybe we saw that um, Jackson and Dissessi um, pulled out of the international teams with injuries or small knocks. Um, so hopefully that will give them two weeks to recover at Cobham and they should be fit for the game against um, Arsenal on Saturday. Um, but it, there's no reason why we can't get anything out of this game. Um, we've got good quality players now. We've got a good kind of momentum in the squad. Um, we've got hopefully our captain, Rhys James, coming back soon. I know that I think this game might be a bit too soon for him, um, but I'm sure Potch will be able to update us on the fitness levels of the players, um, maybe on Friday in his um, pre-Arsenal press conference. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very tricky game. I think what we did last season when we were atrocious was we were allowing the, team, the likes of the cities, the Arsenal's almost too much respect. We were giving him too much respect and we kind of didn't even score a goal against uh, City throughout the season. And I think we only got a consolation against Arsenal at the Emirates in a 4-1 defeat. So I think um, we need to we need to be able, we need to be strong defensively and we need to play our football, but we also can't allow these teams too much respect. Um, we're still expecting a very tough game, that being said. I hate being that person, but I'm going to say I'd take a draw from it because um, mm. I'd much rather take a draw, I mean, you know, take a point than a, you know, go all out and avoid defeat. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky game, but there's no reason why we can't um, attempt to get a point or or even the three points. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it's always difficult after um, internationals because you just don't know what the fitness levels are like for the players that are coming back. And um, you also... You don't know what preparation is going to happen from now until when some of your players getting back. I think I, I can't remember. Is it? I think Liverpool again are on the early kickoff, aren't they? So you know, some of your players are coming back from international duty. They're coming back. They haven't necessarily had 
um, the most preparation time as well. So I think all that ties into it. It's very tricky. Um, but we will obviously preview that um, on our next episode as well. We'll have a, a more in-depth preview. While she's been talking in the background, <laughs> I've been making things happen. So the magic... Watch your magic. The magic in the background is hopefully we now have a wheel that we can spin with everyone's names on. So I'm just going to double check that I've made sure I've included everyone who's in the competition um, before 12 o'clock um, today. So um, again, desktop calendar is available and will be sent out as soon as we announce the winner. And yeah, everyone's in there. So um, it will be sent out and we'll obviously we've got another competition. So if you head over to our Instagram account later on today, you'll find out what this week's competition prize is. Then obviously we have one more going into that final week of October to celebrate 100 episodes of the podcast. Um, fingers crossed this works this time. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to touch anything like I did last time. I'm just going to click the win, the spin, the win, will, and hopefully we'll get our winner. So let's go. There we go. We've got our winner, Susie MacD70. You are our winner. So we will um, contact you via Instagram shortly for uh, postal details so we can send the lovely 24 Chelsea calendar, which I will be purchasing myself as well, um, to you. And then also, as I said, make sure you head over to our Instagram account where you'll be able to find information for this week's prize as well. So uh, well done, Susie. Uh, brilliant prize I hope it gives you much enjoyment as it has for me whilst I've been looking after it um, but yeah we'll be sending it out to you very soon um, and and yeah um, Theo any last words? No I hope Susie um, stays organised with her calendar and she learns all about our goal scorers There's some classics in there honestly I think people just yeah. think there's going to be you know the droppers and whoever's there's actually some, I had to go back and research some of them because they're just before my time and gives you a bit of food for thought as well, a bit of bedtime reading. So well done, Susie. Uh, don't forget, if you're new to the channel, make sure you go over and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you go to our link tree link in the description that will take you to all our podcast episodes, all our social accounts as well. Make sure you leave some comments on this video as well, please, because we need to know, have we got it completely wrong? Should Falcao be a superstar? Should Kovacic be just poor? Or is he a flop? Let us know what you think in the comments as well. Don't forget to um, also hit the notification bell on Spotify to make sure you don't miss any podcast episodes. Theo, as always, thank you very much. And we'll be back soon with another episode.